Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And this is our monthly astrology and tarot podcast where we take a look at the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with an eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. Hello, Stephanie. Hi there. Are you ready for March? Sure, I'm ready for every month that comes around. <laughs> you seem a little hesitant there. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Well, we are going to unpack the astrology for the month, including we're beginning an eclipse season. We have a Neptune Kazemi to talk about. And then, of course, the vernal equinox and lots more. So let's just get into it. But before we start, I do want to note that as we go into March or all through towards the end of March, we don't have any retrograde planets until that retrograde just at the very end of the month. So we're still in that... No, when is that? Yeah, I think it's April 1st is when Mercury goes retrograde. So we have like all of March. Although to your point, though, like at the end of the month, like when Mercury slows down, it'll be Mm -hmm. like sticky, maybe communication wise, (laughs) but still everything will be going forward throughout the whole month. Well, that's great. Okay, so let's just start at the beginning and talk about the new moon in Pisces on March the 10th. And we've got a lovely sextile to Uranus on the new moon. So it's bringing in this uh, Uranus vibe that we also have going on the day before with a Mars Uranus square. So let's talk about the new moon, new beginnings in Pisces, and then also how Uranus is going to tie into this. Yeah, so the Pisces, the annual Pisces new moon sets the scene for a new chapter related to, you know, compassion and empathy, right? You know, Pisces is a sign that's a water sign that's emotional, that goes with the flow. And also that has a sense of like blurred boundaries. And I think that's Mm -hmm. where we get that sense of empathy or compassion, because if there's a blurring, you and I are not that separate. So I can sort of slide right into your shoes, you know, and want and feel for you in this heightened way. I also think that's why Pisces, too, is oftentimes associated with like, art and inspiration, right? It's Mm -hmm. like you got the hotline to the muse in terms of like (laughs) channeling down that inspiration. So new beginnings when it comes to feeling a deeper sense of connectivity, you know, a deeper sense of compassion, you know, deeper sense of soulfulness and perhaps feeling that we, well, that we are not as alone or distinct, right? Like that we're all have this, um, there's a beautiful sense of union between yeah. all of us and every all living things. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you're bringing up that merge aspect. It's kind of like to merge or not to merge, that, there is the question, right? And so it's like looking maybe for those really inspirational or healthy ways to merge, like you're saying with the, mu- the muse or, you know, your soulful energies, but not to over-merge where you're taking on other people's stuff or taking on the feelings and emotions of others, which is always tricky business when the moon is in Pisces. Let's bring in Uranus because, you know, Uranus is a sextile. It's a, it's a harmonious sextile. We've got Uranus in Taurus. So I'm just thinking about that as we're talking. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I do. I also want to say one other thing. I loved what you just said before, too, right? Because it could also be the new beginnings when it comes to how we are in relationship, like new beginnings of not being codependent, like new beginnings <laughs> yeah. related to not merging, you know, new dependings, new beginnings related to not being an enabler, right? Like are all those <laughs> right. things. So that's just as, you know, another way of looking, framing that. So yes, with the sextile to Uranus and that Uranian energy that's so strong the day before, you know, Uranus inviting us to look from a different orientation, you know, instead of just going on the like the assumption like this means that X equals Y. It's well, what else could possibly be created? What is mm-hmm. another way that I can, you know, have a, you know, create change my stance to approach something to create something. So it always invites in that, you know, especially that sort of more softer Uranian invitation with the sextile, you know, an encouragement to shake things up, an encouragement for redesign, an encouragement to like get out of road and to be inventive and find out more like what does it mean to invoke a deeper sense of like of of freedom in your life? Mm. So like right, freedom, new beginnings. Right. Yeah, like how can right. these new beginnings like open up energy for yourself to like also see the energy that's available to make other things possible than you might not have previously imagined? Yeah, whenever I see uh that's great. That's great. Whenever I see Neptune enter the equation, it's always what comes to mind is think outside the box, right? Get Ur- out Uranus, of that. yeah. Yeah, Uranus, the think outside of the box to really, you know, allow yourself, like you're saying, to have more of an open mind. And Uranus always, not always, but it can bring in new insights and surprises that may catch you off guard, but then brings in a whole new way of looking at things. So I think this could be a an exceptionally creative moon time of really, you know, allowing that flow to come in and just giving yourself permission to do things a little bit differently and get in a different flow. Yeah, I love that. Get in a different flow, like see things through a different lens, Mm. right? Instead of the always the assumptions, right? (laughs) The expectations that are rigid, like, well, this is just the way this is. Well, what if it's not? Yeah. Right? Like new visions of perception. So, Oh, new um, visions of perception. I like that. I like but that. I, but I think, too, like before you said Neptune, I think also, too, because that Neptune is so strong, right? Like being both the ruler of Pisces, but then a week later, right. we have the neptune Kazemi, the yearly right. like Sun-Neptune conjunction. This year will be on the 17th. So what's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, you had me at Kazemi. I, you know, it's, I find it's really interesting with the Neptune Kazemi. Because as we've talked about before, Kazemi, the energies of the planet are really fiery and emphasized. And they're almost at their best to some degree. And so again, as we're talking about the Pisces new moon and Pisces is ruled by Neptune, we're kind of back in that, you know, that flowy, watery ocean where things all merge to one. Again, what's coming to my mind, Stephanie, is that again, the creativity, that this could be a time where you are newly inspired and also 
maybe even, you know, set up something, whether it's a ritual or a meditation or a journaling exercise, throw some tarot cards. <laughs> I think the tarot would love a Neptune Kazemi, right? To, because what the cards do is they reflect the greater energies and help us to draw them down a little bit to explore them. So I think this could be a really yummy, juicy, you know, reflection, creative time. Yeah, I agree. And one of the words that was coming to me when you were speaking was the notion of flood or flooding, right? Mm. Like we may Mm. feel because of this greater sense of sensitivity, right? It may just be like less barriers, less boundaries, like the sense of being flooded with inspiration or flooded with feelings, right? Flooded with emotions. And also, you know, given that Neptune is the archetype and the the planet related to the oceans and to water, you Mm. know, and water perhaps like overcoming its bounds, like I would be careful for water overcoming its bounds, right? And, you know, in terms of like watch the water, you know, just watch Uh in terms of like water spills or, you know, that your water pipes are fine, your faucet, what have you. Um, you know, for leakage, right? Whether it's leakage literally with like our plumbing or leakage with our energy. Like, are we Mm -hmm. leaking energy? Are we leaking resources? Are we flooding Mm -hmm. them out because of this heightened sensitivity or this desire to like really um, be in service or help others or take things on for others? Because again, of that sensitivity of feeling their pain or feeling their sorrow. So how to channel compassion you know, I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of like how to hold love and hold limits. Mm, that's right. beautiful. Yeah. Right? And so that we can, we don't have to be like, no, I can't be in love or care. Like we can be in love or care, but that doesn't mean we like open up all of the gates to ourselves, you know, in our house and our bank account and all of the emotions <laughs> we have and the time we have. Right. But like love with limits, you know. Right. When I when I think about Neptune, I often think about the, the, the term uh empath, right? And, you know, an empath is where you're actually physically, emotionally, physically, energetically taking on those feelings of others. So this is a really good reminder. And also, as you're talking, Stephanie, I'm thinking, wow, this could be a day where we're all feeling a little sensitive. We might be a little on edge. Those tears might come up unexpectedly. We might get our feelings hurt, you know. So just to watch out for that, knowing that this is a day that you might be a little bit extra sensitive. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I wonder too, like with that, you know, maybe there's a piece, I mean, we're still in Pisces season with this, obviously we're like just about to go into Aries a few days later, but you know, how to corral, how to move, how to move that compassion, right? How to move that sensitivity, like that it might inspire the directionality of galvanizing our will to do, you know, do something with it as opposed to just like sitting back and feeling the upset. It's like, you know, can we actually channel Do something with it, channel it, right, right, exactly. Okay, let's shift gears a little bit because this is, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, this is the month of spring where we spring forward into that lovely, wonderful time where there's more light and energy. So let's talk about the vernal equinox, which this year is on March 19th. And to me, the you know, the equinox, the vernal equinox is just new beginnings, right? It's just really where we have that light and we're feeling more creative, that we can be 
seen. We're we're coming out of the hibernation time of of winter where everything just seems so dark and within. And so I I always personally very much look forward to the the spring equinox. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, with the spring equinox or the vernal equinox, um, you know, even though in the southern hemisphere it's ushering in fall, for all of us, the shift in energy is that with the sun going into Aries always at that equinox, yeah, right? So yeah, it's like right. that energy of the blossom, right? Mm-hmm. Like blossoming and starting and initiating, you know, both the desire for mm-hmm. initiation, but also the galvanization of one's energy and fuel and will to create right, to catalyze, you know, and also that sense too within that is like, okay, there's a desire, there's something I want to catalyze, you know, that sense of championing or worrying Mm. or fighting for. Mm. So just again, you know, when we go from Pisces season to Aries season, that sense of just spark and fire and desire, I mean, it's a big (laughs) shift of movement. And it's also really interesting too that that day this year we have – Mercury in Aries connected to the North Node, right? Right, So Mercury, the planet of communication, connecting to the North Node, which is a point of like destiny, sort of the pole of like fulfilled purpose. Um, How do you feel like that might layer the day? Well, it's really interesting because when I was writing my uh, newsletter for March and I was talking a little bit about the equinox, I tied it into as uh, it reminded me of the Ace of Wands in the Tarot. And Aces are new beginnings. And the Ace of Wands is this Ace of Fire, right? And so it's actually one of the most dynamic cards of the deck. And it's this birth into a new way of seeing yourself. And in the Tarot, they talk about it as the second birth, the first where you, you're birthed and you come out of the womb and you live your life. And this one, where you really birth into authentic self. So it's this really powerful, powerful force. And, you know, with Mercury on the North Node, I think you might want to talk about it. <laughs> you might want to put it out there. And your North Node's in Libra, you know, so it's, no, excuse me, the North Node's in Aries, right? So it's really, um, it's really this time, I think, where you might really feel like I want to communicate what I'm doing and who I am and what's going on. It could be quite a chatty, <laughs> if you will, a time. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I love too, right, the notion of just like we can witness like what might emerge and we can also like use that energy that's available to us to actually like be in like constructively channel that, right? So mm-hmm. with the sun just going into Aries and that Mercury and North Node in Aries, like what can you start? You know, and it could be a tiny thing. You could literally like plant a seed, like literally plant a <laughs> seed or like plant the seed of an idea, right? Like plant the seed of some new thing that you want to germinate and give give birth to, you know, perhaps do something on that day that like instills a sense of activity, mm-hmm. right? And movement. And to your point, like, be in conversation around it or communicate about it or write about it or, you know, do a design project related to it. Like how the, uh, like the channel of communication, the container of communication can carry that spark Mm. of desire and inspiration and initiation. So, um, Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I also think, you know, 
just universally with this energy, there's almost like a permission to be more free, right? To be more in that very instinctual, in the moment, fiery kind of energy. Like I don't have to overthink things and I don't have to overplan. But then again, as I'm saying that, that might be something to, you know, think a, a little bit about that Aries energy is act before I think oftentimes. So we want to utilize that energy, but also, you know, you could, it might be a time where you actually want to just be a little bit careful about how you're, you're not getting ahead of yourself about how you're putting yourself out there. Right. Like be in the moment too of like, you know, how you want to channel that perhaps, right. Be in yeah. the moment and see like what comes through you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to your point, right. Like, so, I mean, not that there's so, so much areas then, but like, right. That's the thing. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And it also just can, you know, lead to impatience or impetuousness, something they always need to watch for during area season. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Should we talk about the eclipse season? We have eclipse season starting in March with the lunar eclipse on March 25th. It will be followed, of course, by a solar eclipse in April on the 8th. So here we are again in eclipse season. And we've talked about this before. We, you know, this is not the end of the world. We have eclipses two or three seasons, two or three times a year. But let's talk about, let's talk about the lunar eclipse. And of course, maybe even talk a little bit about the difference between the lunar and the solar. To me, the lunar, of course, is around the moon. We've got the full moon. So it's really got a lot of those moon internal, deeper reflections energies. Yeah. So to your point, right, the eclipses like come in either pairs or sometimes there's three of them. You know, we have these that are like March and April, and then the next ones for this year will be September and October. Um, this one being a lunar eclipse, a full moon, the sun is in Aries and the moon is in Libra. So it's the, those themes of relationships. Where do I stand? Where do I exist in the we? Or where does we, where does the we exist in relationship to the I? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are definitely some themes. But actually, I realized I wanted to sort of back that up, which is just to your point about what you're saying about eclipse season, like weeks before the first eclipse until weeks after the last one, you know, things are eclipsed. Like we have this sense that things are going are kind of amped up. Like there's definitely these movements where we may feel this sense of a a sea change, you know, with a lunar eclipse, things really coming to illumination with a solar eclipse, things about to really take birth. Um, And yet things are eclipsed. They're obscured. (laughs) So it's like, oh, something is getting birthed or something. I'm realizing something. But what is the significance of it? What is the consequence of it? Where is it going to take me? We don't know. And it's, so it's always really important to, like, leave space for that obscurity, like, be okay in the haze, you know, mm. be in that sense of sort of the feeling state, but not to, like, feel like, I must know now. I must know now what this is about. I must, like, really anchor it because that's not the time. The time during it is not for the anchoring, right? It's for, like, the flow of that, like, that inspiration. So I always think it's always important that we talk about that, like, sort of the eclipse season 411, let alone, like, what each of the individual eclipses may augur. Yeah, you know, it's, it's tricky, I think that eclipses can be tricky because you're definitely being stimulated on some level. There's energy coming in. You know, eclipses to me are 
death and rebirth energy. There's great opportunity for transformation, letting go. So you're being stimulated, but you may not know exactly how that works or how you want to do it. So like you're saying, and if you have a tip on how to do this, Stephanie, please share it. It's like, how do you hold that energy, right, of something that is coming up to be transformed, but not not feel like you need to act on it. And maybe it's just the knowing or the awareness of it that you can really hold that space. Yeah. I mean, all of that. Right. And I think too, it's that sense of like, okay, let me connect into like, what would I feel might be in my or our higher purpose, higher being. Mm -hmm. Right. And so in the way that it is possible that I am not just a passive observer here, Mm. right? I am engaged in it, but I'm also going to sort of both hold hold it loosely, I think notably in time. Like I'm not going to rush it to its conclusion. You know, I'm just going to try to have some patience. Not the easiest thing when we have two eclipses when the sun (laughs) is in Aries, right? But I'm going to try to like have some patience to be like, okay, whoa, this is shifting. And I'm going to be perhaps in curiosity Mm. about the unfolding, right? So I'm not going to rush to judgment. I'm not going to rush to conclusion because if I do, then I'm – I just feel like invariably that's not in the flow and the alignment of time. And then I'm going to be disappointed or I'm going to take a cake out of the oven before it's ready, right, with all the consequences (laughs) of that, right? So as you're talking – as you're talking, it reminds me it's like having a relationship. And here we are in the Aries Libra polarity of getting to know someone, being patient. It's like you, maybe you got to date that eclipse a little bit. Oh my God, <laughs> I know? love that so much. That's the best. Hashtag date that eclipse. I'm going to write Date that, that eclipse. Get to know it. Hold energy for it. Be curious. You know, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? For, you know, it's just like really taking that energy because it's in that Libra Aries relational polarity that's I think that's a really great way to a great fun way to look at it yeah for sure and I think too it's important that like while these parts of the year like when the eclipses Mm. are like they do feel very like the energy does feel ratcheted up Mm -hmm. that it's not that Every like I like to say, not every eclipse is quote your eclipse. What do I mean by that? Right, right. Okay. Like you, you do feel it. Like you'll still feel it, but it may not actually be that it's like personal, like a personal huge illumination or a personal huge new beginning. Only I would say if that eclipse is connecting to something, a planet, a point. Let's say like the North Node or an asteroid or your ascendant. You know, if it's connecting to that, then it's locking in with your chart, right? So that, so it's not to say like, oh, then you don't have to like, you won't feel it. Yeah, it's everyone else is feeling it. It's background. You're, you're feeling that energy. But if it's connected to your chart and here we have this lunar eclipse, you know, with the moon at five Libra and the, the sun at five, five Aries, right? So if you have something around those points or square those points, um, those might be might be your eclipse this time, right? Right, so right. So that just feels like something also. And I think that's important so that, I mean, I feel like we're all so like on edge because the world is mm-hmm. so on edge. Mm-hmm. Like I'd ever want it to be like, and here we are again and it's eclipse <laughs> season and everyone like get under the covers. Like it's a big deal, but 
it's more of a per, it feels like more of a personal invocation and you know and that said you could also see where's five Aries in Libra what houses are they in in my chart yeah right you know right. Or, or that's something that you and I can help people Absolutely. with I know you do that in your sessions I do that in my sessions so yeah no yeah. I love that you're you're you know bringing it home that we all experience things differently and if it's not your eclipse then to be able to hold energy that it might be somebody else's and so you <laughs> that's the old the saying of like be kind, you don't know what's going on with somebody else, right? But yeah, you definitely check out. That's the fun part of having your astrology chart is you can see where the action is happening. You can see where these things are unfolding. So that's great. Okay. Yeah, so, but can I just repeat something you said before? Yeah, absolutely. So March 25th, the lunar eclipse, and then um, April 8th, the solar eclipse in Aries. So this is, so that whole end of March... And even though it happens in April, that Mercury retrograde, you will start to sort of feel it maybe like the last few days <laughs> right, of March, right. like slow our rolls when it comes to communication, which might be hard because that Mercury is going to be in Aries. But, you know, sl- and I feel like that's going to be interesting. Of- I think so that Mercury retrograde in Aries is going to be an interesting one. Of course, we'll talk about that next month, but hmm. But again, it feels like that patience. Don't come to premature decision. Just like be in that flow of that, like what you're receiving and what, you know, you might sense is lighting you up. Yes. Very good. Very good. Well, I think it's time for the tarot card of the month. And we are going to do what we usually do. And I am shuffling the cards as we speak. And then Miss Stephanie here will tell me when it's time to stop and then we'll know what the card is. Okay. So I'm going to do a little countdown in my head. I'm going to do very, like, <laughs> air, like non-Aries. I'm going to go very slowly. Okay. Think March. But not that slow, because I know we all have... <laughs> think March. Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. So the tarot card for the month of March. Oh, you're not going to believe this, Stephanie. The Ace of it's Wands. It's the... Ace of Wands. No, stop it. No, I swear to goodness. No. It's the Ace of Wands. You guys, sometimes I just have to say the synergy with you and me when we're together is just so amazing, right? So here I was talking a little bit before about the Ace of Wands and how it really felt like, you know, the the equinox and the springing forward. So let me tell you a little bit about the Ace of Wands. By the way, I just have to say (laughs) I'm shocked and stunned and in awe and like, wow. It, you know, it just makes me, and I don't want to toot our own, our own horns, but it makes us feel like we're really in sync, right? <laughs> <laughs> what do you know, Stephanie? So so again, aces in the trove represent new beginnings. When we're in the realm of wands, we're in the realm of fire. And, you know, like I said before, the ace of wands is considered one of the most dynamic cards of the deck. It's second only to the sun card, which is also a card of fire and rebirth. And so... They often describe the Ace of Wands as almost like a volcanic eruption where those seeds of yourself, where those really seeds of who you are, are buried underneath the ground and they erupt through the ground and they become, you know, they, they, they become, right? Now, we don't, with an Ace, we don't know what those seeds are going to become. It, you know, it could turn out to be a rose bush or a maple tree. We don't know. But the important thing is there's been this breakthrough. And I think breakthrough is a really great word for the Ace of Wands. It's like really expect a breakthrough. Now, the thing about um, about uh, Aces, and this fits very well, is their action. 
Aces always imply action. And so usually with that card, you are, as we've been talking about, stimulated to do something, to go for something, to make change. And also, like I mentioned before, they call this the second birth. And so there's the opportunity to really birth who you are. It's the freedom to be who you are without the bells and whistles and all of that at your very very core. So it's like a breakthrough of the core sense of self. Now, where it goes and what you do with it, we don't know, but there's the breakthrough energy. Wow. Okay. Ace of Wands, you guys. That's so amazing. Also, what feels really in sync for me, like when you would use the word breakthrough. You know, mm. I'm thinking about that from the perspective even of Uranus is very like yes. the unexpected breakthrough or that Aries energy, which is like that germination moment of the seed, like breaking through the, this is where my botany like breaks down, like the, <laughs> the thing that the seed, you know, whatever. What is the that? Hard, the the hard sprout. Shell. Yeah. <laughs> like that there's that sprout that breaks through sort of the hard, the hard part of the, of the seed. But also too, when you said about like, that happens and we don't know what it will become, right? Which also feels very like eclipse. Like mm. there's that movement and we don't yet know what it will fully become. So I love that card. I can't believe we got that card. I can believe we got that card. And I love that you're like inclusion of that notion of breakthrough as well. So yeah. Yeah. Breakthrough bunch. Well, my goodness, it's going to certainly be interesting. And as always, we love hearing from you at SoDivine.us. And Stephanie, what do you what do you got going on this month? Yeah, a couple of things. So I have opened my calendar more for doing my astrology inspired family constellation sessions, mm-hmm. which have been so incredible mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so I hate to use the word magical, but just like really dynamic and really like clearing and healing for clients. So I'm thrilled about that work. Um, I've already had some clients already book astrology sessions who are want to look at the eclipses for themselves so they can actually see like where the eclipses are occurring in their chart. So that's also something that's available if that's something of interest that we can weave that in and also look at the bigger picture. Um, Yeah, and also I am going to be traveling in April and May and June. And so for any, I know that there's just, you know, people from around the world listen to us. But for anybody who's in Seattle, if you do want to do an in-person session with me, we can do that in March. Um, And then I'll be back again in the summer. And next month I'll say where I am. So in case like any listeners out there like where I'm going to be, I would love to meet you in person. Oh, that's great. You, that's your Jupiter rising is getting out there in the world and traveling. I have to say I'm a wee bit jealous. So what about for, you? What's tell me? What tell about me? me? Well, the thing that I'm super excited about right now is my new YouTube channel. And it's Megan Skinner. It's a Tarot and Astrology channel. And I do a monthly collective Tarot reading every month. And I use the cards of the Tarot. And we get the vibe, what the, you know, the energies are, the challenges. And then I do a telescope for each sign of the Zodiac. So just go to YouTube. It's under Megan Skinner, Astrology and Tarot. And also I'm starting to expand my YouTube channel by having some guests on. And actually Stephanie and I are going to be recording in the next couple of weeks an interview for the YouTube channel about Stephanie and her constellation work, about what it's all about, because it's just so powerful. So if you have a chance, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, and just look for more there. 
I love your YouTube videos. I just love that you're doing these. They're incredible. And I'm just really honored also to like do one with you. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be really fun. So as you said, you know, I just want to like, you know, reiterate to like big thanks to everyone listening. Like just, you know, we do this just to feel we just love feeling part of this community and having you part of our community. And as always, big thanks to our producers, Nick Patry and Sebastiano Tecchio. And always big thanks to you, Megan. And big thanks to you. And let's just go have a groovy march. Here's to a groovy march. Groovy march.